0: Welcome to a Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on a Transforming Word.
1: Everybody here knows that fighting take a lot of energy, Amen. And so, because fighting takes so much of the best of us, if I'm a fight, I want to be fighting the, I want to be fighting the right fight, you know, because it does take a lot of energy and emotion and effort to drain you dry. So be drained dry from fighting a fight that God's like, I ain't even in that. You all by yourself in that. It's a lose-lose. So be careful that we're not expending energy, time, effort, battling the wrong thing.
0: There are a lot of battles in this life that aren't worth the effort. As you look at the church all throughout its history, you can find countless examples of infighting and petty disagreements that were blown way out of proportion and led to discord and even the large scale division. As Pastor Bill will remind us in today's message, when we allow ourselves to be pulled into these petty conflicts, it takes our focus off our true calling and wastes a lot of energy that could be spent on sharing the gospel. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges, chapter 17, for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: Had they just believed God, and went and fought the enemy, they wouldn't be here looking for land. Now these people are, they're gonna end up looking for land that's not theirs. They're gonna end up going to war with people that were not enemies of Jehovah. And so I look at this whole thing and we're gonna read it and just think, man, had they fought the battles God called them to fight, they wouldn't be over here picking fights with those that God would have called them to be at peace with. And I would just make this relation to us, right? If you and me would fight the battles God has called us to fight, many times we wouldn't be fighting with the individuals, fighting with the situations that we end up picking. Um, God may be saying, Bill, I want you to fight this battle with your flesh. I want you to yield this thing because I won't fight this battle. I'm fighting with you because you're pressing me in the area where God's like, if you just fight this battle over here, this wouldn't even be there. Right. Um, I would just challenge everybody here to consider. If in your life you're fighting battles that God's like, no, you're fighting the wrong battles. You're putting energy and effort into fighting this thing when I want you to battle this thing. I want you to battle this area of the flesh and surrender and let my spirit reign in this area. You're worried about what they did to you and making this thing right over here and getting that. God's like, would you fight the right battles? Um, As believers, many times we could be going to war with other believers. That's always the wrong battle. I can't be at war with y'all. We're supposed to be going to war together against the enemy. Amen. But when, when we're not right, when you get individual believers that are not right, that's what ends up happening. You get people that rather than fighting against the enemy, they start fighting against one another. That's what the enemy always wants. Oh, if I can just get them against each other. And so these Danites, they're going to go to seek some land. Um, but again, I read this in this thing. I remember that story. I remember when God, y'all did have an opportunity to go get land and you wouldn't fight those enemies But you're going to see what punks they are because as they come into this area, they go spy it out and they're going to see that, wow, these people are they living at peace. This is a nice land. And because they have such peace, they're not even thinking about battle. They're 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 ill prepared for somebody to come and run up on them. We're going to go get them. And it's like somebody who goes, I prepared you to be a warrior and fight them. And you're like, now I'm going to fight them kids over there that look like they couldn't do they couldn't do anything to protect themselves. I'm going to pick the easy battle. Because um, even when you win the easy battle, you lose. And that's what Satan will have us do. Satan will have us put all of our effort and energy into fighting a war that even if you win it, you lose it. Think about that. Even if you win, if you fight in a battle right now with someone that if you win that battle, you lose anyway. Maybe you just say, I'm not going to fight this person. I'm going to fight that. That's, that's not a that's not a winnable war. I can't go to war with you. I got to go to war with the enemy. I got to go to war with my flesh. The Bible says in first Corinthians that we we don't war against flesh and blood. I'm sorry, the Ephesians. Right. But against principalities and powers and, you know, spiritual wickedness and heavenly places. But so often we're we're battling with people, the people in front of me, the people that said this, the people that did that. God said, look, don't don't get caught fighting the wrong battles. Uh, make sure that, you know, we're we are at war. We are having warfare. And a lot of times warfare comes through individuals, but don't get deceived. If God says my enemies can't be flesh and blood, I can't see my enemies. Now, as a Christian, I will say this as a Christian, as a pastor, I have been attacked the most and had the worst. I've only been lied on by believers. I've only been attacked by believers. I've only had, you know, accusations made against me by believers. The, all the bad things that happen to me come from believers. But they, they can't they, they can't become my source of I always got to look at it and say, man, I, I know where that came from. It they may be the source, but the enemy is the he's the root. And if I start fighting them because you said this about me, man, I'm going to talk about you back, blah, blah, blah. Now, God's like, man, Satan, you got you. That's the wrong battle. Now you're fighting with him. I need this. I'm trying to win him back. And you're fighting leave him. Leave him be. Leave him in my hands. And sometimes that's all you can do. Somebody attacks you and you're like, man, it's not true. And God says, like, just leave him in my hands. I, I got it. You stay over here. You got something to be focused on over here. Do that. I got that. Everybody here know that fighting takes a lot of energy. Amen? Amen? And so because fighting takes so much of the best of us. If I'm a fight, I want to be fighting the. I want to be fighting the right fight, you know, because it does take a lot of energy and emotion and effort to drain you dry. So it'd be drained dry from fighting a fight that God's like, I ain't even in that. You all by yourself in that. It's a lose lose. So be careful that we're not expending energy, time, effort battling the wrong thing. And so again, the Danites go out and they they, 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 they says that says that they had not taken the land that that, that it had fallen to them. Verse two says. So the children of Dan sent five men of their family from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshto to spy out the land and search it. And they said to them, go and search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the mountain of Micah, and they lodged there. And while they were there, while they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. And so these guys being, you know, he's from Judah. They heard him. And maybe it was his, uh, maybe the way he spoke Maybe the people from Judah, maybe they had a certain, you know, certain way that they spoke or whatever, but they recognized his voice. They knew that he was somebody that they knew. Um, And they said they, they recognized the voice of the young Levite and they turned aside and said to him, who brought you here? And what are you doing in this place? What do you do here? What do you have here? And he said to them, thus and so, Micah did for me. He hired me and I have become his priest. So they said to him, please inquire of God that we may know rather the journey on which we go will be prosperous. And again I want to just point this out that in one sense there's a form of what they're doing that's like, they're seeking the Lord. But they're, they know that this guy's a Levite. They recognize his voice, that he was a Levite and they're like, what are you doing here? Oh, this guy made me his priest. Oh, well then would you inquire from God? Because we're we on a mission and we want to know if our mission is going, if we're going to win. Would you go seek God for us? And you know, As we live in an era right now where there are false teachers and false prophets abound, I think it's important that we note that it's not new. When the Bible says, when Paul says that that we're not ignorant of his devices, that Satan don't have any new tricks, it's been Satan's deal for the longest to raise up liars, to raise up false prophets and false speakers. And look at what it says. And the priest said to them, go in peace. The presence of the Lord will be will be with you on your way. One thing that I find uh, across the board with false teachers and false prophets, they always tell people what they want to hear. What did the people of Dan want to hear? We want to know if if the journey we're going to go on is prosperous. Let me see. Mm, You know what? Yes, the Lord said you guys are going to be. Go ahead. Go in peace. You're going to be blessed as you go. Go ahead. Now, we see through the Old Testament. You read through your Old Testament how often. The false prophets would tell people what they wanted to hear. Rather, they were going to win or lose. Because if you lose, you're dead anyway by the time you figure out that that wasn't the Lord, you know. And they would just tell these lies and tell these lies. And then there'd be a real prophet that would stand up and say, no, you're going to all die. God's going to judge you. <laughs> ah, we hate that prophet. you always tell them what you don't want to hear. Here's the lesson for us here, right? If the Danites had a fought the right battle, they wouldn't be fighting this battle, first off. If the Danites had to acknowledge the word of God, they would have known that a Levite can't be a priest. They wouldn't even asked him for, you know, you know, I mean, seek God's will from someone that's not walking with God. That's in an office that they don't belong in. It's all wrong. It's all broken. And for us today, we see these same things. We see false teachers and false prophets and people that tell people what they want to hear. Uh, I was out witnessing to a guy right out here just today. And I, I kid you not, this. Out of his mouth, the the challenges that he, he has, he's having issues with. He's got parents that are ministers. And the issues I'm having with certain people, they're telling me, you know, they're telling me that anybody telling him what he doesn't want to hear, basically. Anybody telling him smoking weed is bad or fornicating is bad or cussing is bad. He's like, you know what, man? I like Joe Osteen. I, I listen to him, and it just, it's always positive, you know? And I think God is positive. And then he, he mentioned another guy, and he's like, and I like that guy. And I'm like, and, and and I said I don't know why you like them because they, they nothing, you're not going to get convicted at all. You can be, you can listen to that every Sunday. I did it actually. I did this as a assignment uh, at at school where you had to everybody was assigned different pastors and you had to go listen to two months of Sunday services and give a critique. Um, what did you get? What, you know what was good, what was bad, you know so forth and so on. I had Joe Osteen and I had two months of Sunday messages videos with Joe Osteen. This is what I said. If at the end of it all, at the end of two months of Sundays, I would be a better employee, employee, I would be nicer to the people I worked around. I would be kinder to people around me, more careful with my words, but roll it over here because when I before I met the Lord, let's say if I had walked in here as a non-believer, I would not have been convicted to stop fornicating. I would not have been convicted to stop drinking. I would not have been convinced that there was anything I needed to change other than just be nicer and kinder. And careful what you say. I would have been a nicer sinner when I was done. I would have been a lot nicer to people on my way to hell. That was what I had concluded, you know. And so, you know, that's you know that that's what people like. Though, why why is that the biggest church in America? Because people want to hear what they want to hear. That's the biggest church in America, because everybody wants to be told what they want to hear. That feels good. If you walked in somewhere every day and they just said whatever you got. God bless you. You're to, you. God loves you. You're going to be great. You're going to be the, you know, just everything you want to hear. But what if you walk in? Anybody here over the years struggled with sin in different areas? Anybody? Raise your hand. All right. So, I mean, if you never hear about it, no one ever says, Hey, you gotta, that's that's it's you're the one messing up. You know, change your attitude. You need to repent of that. Repent is like you, you'll never hear that there, you know. But you read your Bible and all through the Bible, God is repent. Turn from your sin, come back to me. That's the that's the remedy to a broken relationship with the Lord is repent. Now, any minister that won't tell people to repent is not worth his pain. He's not worth the time. And he's not worth listening to because in general, that's how a man or a woman gets right with God. You've got to repent. You can't just come. you got to drop what you're doing. you got to turn away from and come to the Lord. And so if I'm never taught that, if I'm taught, man, th- this guy right here, he didn't tell the Danites, he didn't say, you guys fight the wrong battle. You guys shouldn't even be here. You guys shouldn't even be asking me. He said, hey, you know what? Go in peace. The Lord's going to be with you. You guys are going to have victory. Have, you know? Go, 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 and go, go, in, go ahead and do what it is that you're doing. We want to be careful about not just heaping up teachers. The Bible says in the last days that people are going to heap up teachers to themselves, having itching ears, people that tell them what they want to hear. But never mind teachers. People also do that in their circle, right? People that don't want to change will kick anybody out of their circle of influence that will challenge them. About their life. People that I speak what they don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that. You're judging me is the common vernacular in Christian. I'm, you, you're judging me. You're always saying something negative. You always got something. You know, the best friends that I have, even when I'm doing good, they're always playing devil's advocate. They're, they're, just, they're trying to make sure that everything's all right. I appreciate that. These guys are in my life to make sure that I'm not jacking up. And I'm thankful for them. I talked to my buddy Ray. We talk, He's on vacation this week and we talk and we just real quick and he's just running. We run through the quick checks. How's this? How's that? How's your marriage? You know, when we check on each other's marriage, we ask three different ways. How's your marriage? If I ask her how was your marriage, how's your marriage? How's your marriage like this? How you doing over here? Blah, 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 blah. And everything, every question is intended to make you better. Make sure that are you doing right? Are you doing what you need to do at home? Are you doing what you need to do in your private life? Are you doing what you need to do in the ministry? You know, if not, confess it. We're going to pray and I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to challenge you because we want to win together. That's the goal. So, If you have those people in your life that you've run off because they're getting in your business too deep, you might need to bring them back in if they mean you well. So we don't want to be heaping false teachers and you don't want to be heaping to yourself false friends. Um, Because some people have friends that you can tell them everything you want to tell them. and They're like, for real, for real. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's not what you need. That's not going to help you get closer to the Lord. Um, And some people, that's what they you know, that's convenient. You know, I don't want to hear change. You know, I just want you to let me dump on you hear everything I got to say, and then we'll go. Be mindful of where you're sharing your hearts and who who you're Who are you letting speak into your life? Verse seven. It says, so five. So the five men departed and they went to Laish and they saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians. These people were quiet and secure and there were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians and they had no ties with anyone. These people were living in total peace. They didn't have any allies. They weren't at war with anybody. They were far away from the enemies. They were, so these, the Danites are looking at these people saying, man, they are, they are prime pickings. They're just, but these aren't even the enemies of God. They shouldn't have been going to war with them. They should have been going to war with the, the Philistines and the people that were the Canaanites that were in their territory. But they're over here. Looking at these people saying, oh, man, this is this is going to be an easier battle to pick. Verse eight. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Estol and their brethren said to them, what is your report? And they said, arise and let us go up against them. For we have seen the land and indeed It is very good. Would you do nothing? And so he's basically saying, hey, guys, get, let's get going right now. The land is great. Um, you know, get up and do your part. Do not hesitate to go and enter the possession uh, enter to possess the land. Verse 10. When you go, you will come to a secure people in a large land and l- look at the spiritual talk for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. And where did they get the idea that God had given it into their hands by their false prophet friend who's just a Levite who told them that? Uh, verse 11. And 600 men of the family of the Danites went from there from Zorah to Eshtol, armed with weapons of war. Then they went up and encamped in Kerjath, Jerem, and Judah. Therefore, they call the place Mahena Dan to this day. There, there it is, west of Kerjath, Jerem. And they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim, and they came to the house of Micah. So remember, when they got there, these Danites, they, they went to spy out the land, and they stopped at the house of Micah. And they saw, they were like, hey, we recognize your voice. Where are you from? You're a Levite. How are you doing here? Oh, he hired me as a priest. And then they saw all the gods and everything that was there. So interesting, now that they're coming back to, to take the place captive, this is what you're going to see with the enemies of God, right? They have no, there's no allegiance. There's no, um, there's no faithfulness, right? They went to spy out the land. Micah let them in. They saw what was going on. But when they come back, they're going to jack Micah. They're going to say, man, give us your priest. He's going to be our priest now. You know, they just they just they're just going to take whatever they want. And he's a priest for hire. They're going to sell him out like this. They can say, man, you a priest of one man. That's whack. Come be our. We'll be the priest for all the people of Dan. We'll take care of you. You know, since you for hire anyway, you know, for a couple of vittles and an outfit and an annual wage, he bought you. We got you. We'll take care of you. And again, as I read that, I just am mindful that we don't want to be people that could be bought by the enemy. Purchased away from the call of God, purchased away from what God has. Make sure that there is nothing you value more than God. Nothing that matters more to you than doing what God wants. That you can't be purchased away or wooed away from God by a thing, a person, an opportunity or whatever. That there would never be an opportunity that great to woo you away. I know a guy who, when we we actually did a portion of Bible College together... Um, he was at another church called, um, opportunities were coming. Uh, it was taking him a long time to get full time ministry, but he was doing ministry and just, you know, having to wait on the Lord. And, uh, because of the personality that the guy had, he was, he was being approached by other people, you know, like, Hey man, you should try this. Someone talked him into real estate. Like, I mean, you got to take this, get this license, man. You can do both. This will actually enhance your ability to do ministry. You won't be, you, you won't be dependent on the ministry to take care of you. You can just do the ministry. And it was like, so he did it. He went for it and he got so into it that that became everything and he sold out. It's like, now he's not available. He can't be there because I got to, I got to show a place. I can't be there all this week because I'm wrapped up in this house that I'm doing over here, whatever. And he left what he was called to do for that. And then the market crashed and he lost both. Because now he's lived in such a way that he's not really qualified to do what he was called to do. Um, And he has neither. And I just remember looking and thinking, man, like you sold out. It was clear that you were called and you were moving in that direction and just got a little impatient. And Satan threw a carrot out and he took it. Make sure that you don't take a carrot. Make sure that there's nothing that you would you would take hold of. Nothing that would be that valuable to you that you would walk away from what God's called you to do and call you to be. And so. Again, moving on now. Look at verse fourteen. It says, "Then the five men who had gone to spy the country of Laish answered and said to their brethren, 'Do you know that there? I'm sorry. Do you know that there are in the houses an Ephod household idols, a carved image and a molded image? Now, therefore, consider what you should do.'" And so, remember, they were at the house and they saw these items, and so they're telling the people, "Hey, man, did you know we got there? We saw there was an Ephod. There is." You know, these are items that the priest would have, though there's no real priest here, just a fake priest. There were molded images. There was idols and everything else. Verse 15. So they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite man to the house of Micah. And they greeted him. The 600 men armed with their weapons of war who were of the children of Dan stood by the entrance of the gate. Now, I want you to consider what you would think if somebody showed up at your door. Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? You look over their shoulder. And saw 600 men armed for battle be like oh what 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 is the meaning of this gathering you know what what exactly what exactly did you come here for you know and so they greeted him but he looks over the gate and he sees you know 600 men of war standing at his gate and so it says then the five men who had gone to spy out the land went up they entered in they just walked up in his house they took the carved image the ephod the household idols and the molded image, the priest stood at the entrance of the gate with 600 men who were armed with weapons of war. When those went to Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols and the molded image, the priest said to them, what are you doing? And so they got these guys got there and they just started going and taking. So they're taking images, they're taking idols, they're taking ephods. And, you know, this little this <laughs> Micah looks and says, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What is what is happening here? You know, the, you know, it's like somebody robbing your house, and you're looking and say, "What are you guys doing? Am I? We taking all my stuff? What are you doing with my TV off the wall?" You know, he just asked him, "What are you guys doing?" It's just comical to me. Verse verse 19, and they said to him, "Be quiet. Put your hand over your mouth, and come with us." They said, "Shut up and put your hand over your mouth." That's probably when he knew it was real. (laughs) Don't say nothing else. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? And again, they're saying this to a guy that's not honoring God anyway. They're saying, look, man, put your hand over your mouth. Shut up. Right. So we're punking you, first of all. Now, it'd be better for you to be our priest for all of us, or you, you know, I think that they, what was not spoken was, you want to die here with this fool or you want to come with us, you know? And for sure, he was like, well, I, yeah, I feel called. I feel like, I prayed right now, I, I, I felt immediately called to go with you guys, yep. I'm not called to be here anymore, yep. <laughs> I agree. That's what a hireling will do, right? That's what somebody without a heart, without a calling, a hireling will do. They're just going to go where the money is, you know? Back in, um, in, in the time of, of the... the of the kings, and um, even beyond that, there'll be times where the prophets would acknowledge that these men are just hirelings. When, when it came to watching sheep, if these were your sheep, like when King David watched his sheep and a lion or a bear came out, what did, you, what did he do when it was his sheep? Life on the line. I'm going out there with clubs and staffs and everything. I'm fighting off lions and tigers. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, this, this is my sheep. If you get all my sheep, that's mine. But when you would hire someone to watch your sheep, a hireling and a wolf or somebody came, it'd be like, hey, man, they they got they got three sheep. (laughs) I mean, you know, I barely escaped with my life, you know, praise God. You know, but they of your sheep are gone. I, 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 you know, I I did the best I could. That's what a hireling would do. I'm not putting my life on the line for those. They ain't mine. That's what a hireling is. And so when it comes to the the work of God and, you know, the the way that we're to do the work of God, we don't ever want to do it like a hireling. You know, I do it for pay or I do it, you know, I do it for eyesight. I do it for people that are watching. We want to do everything we do for the Lord, that we do it with all of our heart. We do it with passion. We do it with everything that's in us because we do it for the Lord, not for men, not for anybody else. And so, you know, you see this guy flip flopping like this. Just a hireling. He's not he's not doing anything of real conviction. He he's not even functioning in his God given capacity. He's all out of order anyway. And so when they, you know, threaten him this way. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I, I feel called. I'm going to go with you guys. I'll be a priest to, to, you, your whole, to the whole tribe of Dan. I'll be your fake priest. Verse 20. It says, so the priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod, the household idols and the carved image, and he took a place. He took his place among the people.
0: That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Thanks for taking the time to explore the word of the Lord with Pastor Bill. During our study in the book of Judges, we want you to know that we're praying for you. Is there something specific we can be lifting up to the Lord? Please let us know. You can reach us by calling or texting 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. Or you can fill out the contact form on our website, calvaryinglewood.org while you're there we invite you to explore the message series by pastor bill and even download our mobile app that way you can keep access to biblical teachings with you wherever you go whenever you have time to listen you can also connect with us through the app and keep up to date on everything happening at calvary chapel Inglewood. we're unable to meet you in person right now but we pray that soon we'll be able to invite you to join us for church in the meantime You are most welcome to be part of our online services every Sunday at 9 a.m. and on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pastor Bill's teaching will air live on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Find out more at calvaryenglewood.org. Would you also prayfully consider supporting this ministry financially? All gifts are welcome and appreciated. No matter the size, you can find out more at calvaryenglewood.org or donate through our app. Thanks for praying about this, and thanks for tuning in to A Transforming Word.